Welcome to BC Interruption Radio. I am Grant Salzano, your senior writer who covers women's hockey, and we have a special women's hockey quarterfinal preview episode today. I know we haven't done an episode in a while, but I'm kind of taking the reins here, and we're going to talk some women's hockey. And we have a special guest with us today. We have Alex Bauer of Title Nine Hockey, one of the uh, more knowledgeable websites on the internet about women's hockey, covers some stuff, a little tongue-in-cheek, a lot of stats. Uh, Alex, how you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing? Thank you for calling me knowledgeable. I, I try very hard to to be close to that, I guess. Yeah, we. Uh, I find that there is a very concentrated amount of uh, in-depth knowledge of women's hockey on the internet. There's a lot of people who like to talk women's hockey, and that's a good thing, but there's, there's a, only a few people who really seem to follow it at the level that you know, you do. So I'm happy to have you on and uh, happy to have a Clarkson fan to talk about the games this weekend. Uh, happy for, for now. <laughs> we'll, we'll see yeah, what happens. Happy for today. now. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess we'll jump right into it. Um, you know, we've got, you know, BC's going up to Clarkson. We had a shot to get home ice before this weekend, but it didn't end up happening. Even if we had won our uh, chaotic game against Northeastern, we still would have been going to Clarkson because uh, we needed Clarkson to lose in the championship game, and they didn't. So uh, what, do you, what are you thinking we're going to see this weekend? Do you think it's going to be close, or are you going to be bold and say someone's going to take control? Um, I mean, I feel like both teams are good enough that, even though I think Clarkson's a really good matchup for BC, um, just based on, on how they find success, I, I still feel like both teams are good enough that it's it's still going to be close. Um, like, I mean, Clarkson's a very good shooting team, and they're kind of a ride-the-hot streak, whether it's their, their shooters or their goaltender team, and it seems like BC has had trouble with that this year. So I feel like they're maybe the best matchup or the worst matchup for BC, but, uh, I mean, who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean – you know, I I kind of come into this matchup thinking that it's it's interesting because both teams were really supposed to be in that same exact tier at the top, the very top with Minnesota and Wisconsin. I was thinking you were going to have a four-way battle for that number one spot, and it never really materialized. BC and Clarkson, to me, seemed to underperform for a lot of the year relative to what we expected. I know both teams have done pretty well. Clarkson's obviously done a little bit better, but – I thought both were going to be better. So to me, you know, you it's it's easy to say, okay, yeah, it's going to be a close game. Uh, but on the other hand, I feel like both teams have such a, a high ceiling and a low floor relative to expectations that if one team shows up and the other doesn't, you might see something that's not, not all that close. Right, right. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, based on the way Clarkson's been playing lately, I feel like they, they've been trying to hold the score down a lot, too, so I think that could keep things pretty close as well. But, I mean, that kind of begs the question that I think we both have for each other is is, is what happened. <laughs> why why yeah. weren't they up there? <laughs> <laughs> well, for BC, it, it's kind of tough to say because, you know, we had these pieces from last year that were already good. We didn't lose too much, although, you know, we lost a couple important pieces. Tony Emiano was a huge, you know, piece right. of our of our back end. But, you know, you're replacing her and you're replacing Kenzie Kent with three of the best defenders in the world that just won an Olympic gold medal. And with Lindsay Agnew coming from Minnesota, who 
you know, she's got a very good Canadian national team pedigree. So you, it just it felt like it was supposed to be, well, boy, we've got us a nice experienced team that's going to be at another level than we were last year, and it should be good. And then nothing nothing really seemed to come together. You know, we had our biggest question was goaltending because we lost Katie Burt graduation. Uh, but Maddie MacArthur coming in was very highly regarded. She was the Canadian U18 starter. And it, she hasn't not played well. I know her stats aren't, you know, as up there as you'd hope uh, for, you know, one right. reason or another. But it, it just seems like nothing came together. And it may be just because there were so many new pieces to fit in. I think Coach Crowley, you know, likes to talk about we had, I think, 10 new bodies to fit into the lineup. And so you had a lot of line shuffling. And, you know, they just, they came out completely on the wrong foot against Duluth. And it, they kind of righted the ship for a while. And they won, I want to say 11 of 12 or something like that before the wheels totally came off. And I think if you take that wheels totally coming off part of the middle of the season out, things look a lot better. But obviously it happened. You can't take it out. So I think that's kind of, that's kind of why you see us the way we are. I think we're really streaky. I think we, Started out bad, found it a little bit, completely lost it, and I, I honestly think we're playing pretty well now. So that's, I think it's more up and down for us than it is just not that good overall. So I, what, what do you think about you guys? Because I really thought I had a lot of trouble determining if it was going to be BC, Clarkson, Minnesota, Wisconsin. One of them is going to, one of them is going to take the reins, or maybe not. It might just be all four battling throughout the year, and then Clarkson, like BC, just never really was at that level. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Clarkson went through, I don't think, definitely not quite that level of turnover. I think, I mean, Savannah, Savannah Harmon leaving was obviously a big departure, but I think people really got focused on, on Silve and Cianferrano coming in. And I, I almost feel like people thought that was just kind of, it was just going to be a wash. And it, I mean, Cianfrano and and Sove are definitely you know very good players, but also very different than than who left. And I think people really underestimated one the impact of Harmon. I you know when you've got a defender that you know when you're passing the puck out of your zone is not working, that can just grab it and go with it. I think that helps out a ton in possession. And I think people didn't realize what uh, Amanda Titus and Lauren Leffler uh, really added to the team and, and what they lost when they left. Um, the, the Clarkson skaters, to a person, really praised Leffler and what she did uh, in the NCAA tournament last year um, that, that really allowed them to succeed, uh, even though she didn't get on the score sheet, I don't think, at all. Um, so I think that was, that was part of it. Um, you know, I think the other part was just uh, the defense adjusting to Sobe and, and Sobe adjusting to the defense. Uh, Tylee's a very, very technical, very positional goaltender, and I think Sobe's more aggressive, uh, a little bit better, better reactions, and I think they just didn't quite get each other um, until the season, pretty late in the season. I think now they're they're playing pretty well. Um, they shut down Colgate, shut down Cornell, um yeah, I, I think I think they kind of figured it out, and they're just they're good, but they're just not as good as last year because of what they lost. Yeah, I think you're you're right about Clarkson seeming to have found it lately. For a little while at the end of the year, it was, well, are they going to fall out of that tier? Are they going to fall out of the tournament? I mean, they lost a couple in a row. They had a few games go 
three games in a row go to overtime toward the end of the year, and one of them was against Dartmouth that they lost, which, you know, we don't have to go down that road, but that was one of the most, one of the biggest upsets of the whole year in the sport. And then I, it, it almost seems like getting that last second goal against Quinnipiac in the quarterfinals to tie the game and then winning in overtime, that seems like it might have been a kind of a team building moment where they get into the, into the, you know, final four of the ECAC. And I didn't get to watch because I was watching BC's games, but it seemed like neither game was really ever all that close. It felt like Clarkson got up kind of early and kind of rolled. Uh, somebody on, somebody on the USCHO forums was saying that the Cornell game was, Cornell was playing better than Clarkson, but you don't see that looking at the score. So what did you see this weekend? You, you said you think Clarkson's playing better. Is that, um, did you see that, you know, carrying through in those last couple of games in the tournament? Um, yeah, I think it was, I mean, Cornell, honestly, I just don't think they're that good. Um, they kind of won the ECAC <laughs> tournament. That. Yeah, like they won the ECAC tournament because nobody else wanted to win it, basically. Um, and I, 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 I mean, they, they have a great top four, uh, pair of defenders and early on in the Clarkson game, they really used that to just kind of play keep away with the puck when Clarkson's top line was out. And I feel like that's just a really unusual strategy to just be like, well, we're not going to score really. We're just going to like pass the puck around. So Lauren Gable and Elizabeth Jaguar don't have it. And I'm like, you know what? That's actually probably the right strategy to be honest is just wear them out chasing the puck and, and take your chances with, with everybody else. But I don't know if they just didn't commit to it enough or if Clarkson just figured out how to break it or a little bit of both, but I, you know, Clarkson got a couple quick goals and then, uh, you know, Clarkson was, or uh, Cornell was just kind of on their heels at that point. I think they just, uh, they, they, they just kind of panicked and, and got behind and just Clarkson just piled it on. Yeah. That's, that's interesting thinking about BC playing Clarkson because I, I don't want to say we, can panic when we fall behind because that hasn't really been the case lately. At least we came back twice against Northeastern. Uh, we've had a, we've had a few games in, in the, against UConn. We were down two against UConn and we did a good job coming back. But in the regular season, at least when we went down, it almost felt like we were freaking out because if we'd go down by one, it felt like we needed to get two goals all at once because the tie felt like a loss and we were already in a big hole in the pairwise. So I don't know if that was part of the reason for them seeming, seeming a little bit lost, but that's interesting about, uh, you know, Cornell kind of looking the same as BC did later in the year. And interesting about Cornell just kind of playing keep away a little bit when the top line is on the ice. So that top line for Clarkson is obviously uh, ridiculous. <laughs> three three players that are almost – two of them are well over one and a half points a game. The third one, you know, almost one and a half points a game. and even, you know, so I, I, to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Lauren Gable to me seems like, you know, Jaguar has more points, but Gable seems like that's where everything, that's where everything's created from. And I, and like I said, I don't get to see her play as much as you do, but Sam Ferrano was on that top line early in the year and she was putting up crazy numbers and then was swapped out at the end there for, uh, Pazlova. Pazlova how do I, how do I say that? Pazlova. Pazlova, that was right, okay. She swapped out for her later in the year, if my memory serves, and her production has dropped off some. But that tells me, you put me with Gable, I might put up 30 points. 
<laughs> uh, I, I mean, yeah, that's, uh, it's, so it's, it's kind of interesting the way, like Clarkson last year, they knew what they were pretty much from game one and they kept the same lines the entire season, um, with very minor changes on special teams in the NCAA tournament. Uh, this year they've experimented a little bit, which haven't really seen before. Um, they, uh, they actually pulled, uh, Pelova off of the top line, uh, put her with Cianfrano and Vinkle and brought, uh, Kelly Mariani up to center Gable and Jaguar, which is uh, just a really kind of confusing, uh, uh, move because, uh, Mariani, I don't think has really played a lot of center. Um, and I don't know what the logic was there, but they just went back to, to what was working, um, with, with Gable, Pelova and Jaguar. And, you know, with, they they can all generate generate the offense. That's what makes them so dangerous, and they're just really good at figuring out which one of them needs to be doing it at a, at a given time. Yeah, you might see Gable just just tearing in with the puck and then looking for that backdoor pass to Jaguar, or you might see Elizabeth Jaguar doing her stick handling thing and and setting up Gable or Pazlova. It's I, I think they're just they they can succeed any which way. I think that's what makes them so dangerous. Uh, Gable's a great shooter, but she can score those those gritty goals down low. She can get deflection goals. Uh, you know, Elizabeth Shiger can shoot. Uh, Pazlova can do can do it all as well. I think, you know, when you think you shut down one aspect of their game, they do something else, and and that's I think why they've been so consistent this year. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you see the scoring of the top line, and you think, well, if you can shut them down you've got a good chance. I mean, is, is that really the case? I mean, it may, it's obviously difficult to shut them down. And as you said, you, you shut them down one way, they can they can beat you another way. But if you can keep that top line off the ice, what do you see as, you know, is does that really – is Clarkson really out of the running if it happens? Or are you, are you looking at, uh, you know, really just the – I don't know. Is, how, how much of a chance does BC have if they shut down that top line? Uh, I think probably pretty good. I think the only two games where none of the top line had any points were the 5-1 loss to Yale, which was a thing that happened. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, they, get, they got down like one, and then they just were like, tried to score five goals at once, and then they were down two, and then they were down 5 nothing, and then it was like, well, okay. <laughs> I guess, guess, guess this is where we live now. But... Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, right. it was five nothing in that game. I forgot it got down to it got to that bad before Clarkson even got that one goal. Yeah, and I think it was like Chrissy Pigeon or somebody you know who didn't you know scored five, six, seven goals over the course of the season. Like the the top line had no points in that game and no points in one of the Colgate games. I think also. Um, so yeah, if you can shut down that top line, yeah, you probably got a pretty good chance. But you know. It's only happened twice in 38 games or whatever, so uh, good luck. I think, you know, I think, I think the strategy is not to shut them down, but to make them work as hard as possible and try and stretch how effective they can be, get them tired in that second period when they have the long change or towards the end of the game. Just just make them work hard, I think, is, is the, the way to go, because shutting them down is, probably not going to happen. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'm guessing Clarkson probably plays them, probably double shifts, shifts them quite a bit. I mean, if you got that many points, you're on the ice a lot. And 
the good thing for BC is, you know, I don't think BC is going to be the, the type of team that is going to just sit back and try and shut them down when they're on the ice because it's just not our style. I mean, it's pretty well known at this point. BC is just going to run and gun with you and, you know, if you can keep up, good for you. And congratulations if you can if you can win that way by beating us. But we're gonna just go out there and try and score and beat you. And to me, you know, I look at I look at Clarkson's schedule and I think to myself, well, you know, yeah, they've got a couple shutouts lately. They've got a couple, you know, but I seem to feel like I feel like I'm more used to Clarkson getting more shutouts, playing more, you know, more defensively. They're obviously scoring a ton. But I see a lot of two, three, sometimes four goal, you know, outputs against their defense. And I think, well, maybe, maybe BC's strategy really should just be forget who's on the ice. Maybe you pin Megan Keller or, or Kayla Barnes or whoever you want on that top line whenever you get an opportunity. But you're just going to be trying to score. And even when that's the case, Barnes and Keller are going to be playing forward trying to you know, generate offense as well. So that's that to me seems like maybe that's the strategy for BC. I mean, if they want to try and win a seven-six game, I will absolutely watch that. Uh, <laughs> we we we, have, we seem like every game is going to be seven-six with us. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's how Clarkson I think started the year, and I think he you know had that at points. I was actually talking to. Uh, uh, one of the uh, one of the community outreach uh, people at Clarkson earlier in the year, and he kind of commented uh, like Clarkson was a little bit like a rec softball team in that they you know they might score ten, but they might give up nine. And <laughs> I, I I mean I think a lot of that has to do with with just Savannah Harmon you know being gone, and you know what that has done is has caused Clarkson to give up you know more shots. I think they're averaging like twenty seven, twenty six against instead of like. 2021 like they were last year so it's just they're they're spending more time defending and and that's just resulting in more goals and i don't know it's been a weird season some of the goals they've conceded it's just you just throw your hands up and you're like well okay um (laughs) it it went off two bodies and and yeah like that that sort of thing i feel like bc's seen a lot of that too from what i've watched of them it's just like the puck will bounce off six things in front of the net, and then it's in the net, and it's just like, okay. Well, it's it's sort of like that. That does happen, but to me, I would – anecdotally, it feels like 90% of our goals come one of two ways. Uh, one way is I'm a penalty kill because it's not so much that our penalty kill is awful. I think it's fine. It's very passive. They They do a lot of just kind of – chilling in their formation and letting you pass around the outside and not not burning a lot of energy to try and clear the puck. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that that could be – I don't think that's that bad of a thing. Their, their, power, their penalty kill is fine. I think the problem is they take so many penalties. And a lot of it is, at this point, in Hockey East, we just have a reputation. And, you know, we've got Aaron Connolly, who's one of our favorite players on the team this year, She's gotten so many penalties. It's at this point she could breathe on somebody, and if they fall down, the, the whistle's blowing because she's got a reputation. And you know, Coach Crowley's very emotional on the bench, and our you know our referees may not be all that fond of her. And I'm not saying that they're doing anything to spite us or anything, but I'm sure it's not helping that you know they just they just know we have this reputation. So, so, so one way that we give up goals is penalty kill. 
all the time. It's, it's not so much that every time, but it's, it's often enough where that's where our problem is. The other is we, we pinch a lot with our D and our D skate up the ice quite a bit. And it's often that we're passing the puck to our forwards across the red line instead of behind the blue line, just jumping, you know, the, the offense starting the forward from the back. And when that happens, if you get one bad bounce, you're coming back against us with a two-on-one, and it's happened a lot this year. Now, fortunately, we really shut that down uh, in the Final Four in Providence for the Hockey East Tournament. I don't think we gave up a single odd player rush in that entire weekend. Now, obviously, part of it was we just whooped BU and dominated them, and so they didn't have the opportunity. But even against Northeastern, defensively, I thought we were really good this weekend, and then we lost because – it wasn't so much that we were jumping ahead on D, but one of our defenders was right around the blue line or so, and puck bounced over her stick a little bit. Cassidy Anderson steals it and is gone, and all of a sudden's on a breakaway out of nowhere, scores a goal to win the tournament, and it's a shame because we finally cleaned up our defense. And we only gave up, you know, a few goals this weekend. The one to BU was on the penalty kill. The two to go Northeastern were not on the penalty kill, but they were immediately after a penalty ended, so effectively on the penalty kill. And then the last one was a, you know, it was a breakaway, so I'm not, you know, not playing rough. Yeah, one on zero. But there you go. <laughs> That's the entire yeah, weekend yeah. the goals against. <laughs> I I watched that goal. I, um, yeah, I, I watched actually part of that uh, game. I didn't I didn't see that, that goal live, but uh, – yeah, I saw that, and I was just like, uh, "Ouch!" Like, <laughs> like I just always like, to lose the game after all of yeah. that. You play defense so well, and that happens, and it looks like the same thing that's been happening all year. But when in reality, had they had fixed a lot of the defensive issues. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and yeah, like, uh, and Clarkson and BC are similar because Clarkson takes a lot of penalties too. But the ECAC is different than than Hockey East. Uh, I feel like ECAC rests tend to swallow their, their whistles a lot more, but uh, um, against against the other playoff teams, uh, BC had 81 penalties drawn and 100 taken, which was by far the most, uh, 16 more than the next, which was BU, and, and Clarkson had uh, just 41 drawn and, and 64 taken, which was uh, uh, really lopsided. They were actually... Uh, uh, they were almost the only uh, ECA team to have uh, committed more penalties against the other playoff teams than than they uh, drew. So, um, yeah, I mean, they might just, different. yeah, they might just hack away. To, I mean, I feel like with Clark, like Clarkson's very physical, so I feel like that is a little bit, a little bit deserved. Um, you know, when I watched BC, it was you know more like you know what are these refs calling? Like, it, uh, it just you're telling me, buddy. It's yeah, it's been very frustrating. Uh, yeah, and I mean Clarkson had their own struggles on on the penalty kill. It was it was middle of the pack for most of the season. Um, it it dropped towards the end of the season just because it seemed like they were allowing just uh, a ton of power play goals. Um, and you know, but at the, on the other side, they scored a ton of shorthanded goals. So like if you like, I don't know how mathematically you would go about factoring that in, but. When you consider that, maybe it wasn't that bad of a penalty kill, but it was like I think it finished the season twenty third or something. Like yeah. just yeah. <laughs> Did you say we get, we've taken we've taken over a hundred penalties and Clarkson had taken something like sixty something? Is that what you said? 
Uh, that is in conference games against the other playoff teams. So it's more games so for really BC. The, really the major games. Yeah, yeah. So 21 games for BC, you know, three times seven against the other teams. I only counted the conference games. Yeah. Um, so like five a game for BC, and I guess that comes out to uh, four-ish a game for Clarkson. I mean, that's a pretty big difference. And Yeah. So I, I've I've been interested to see – who we're going to get for refs. I don't know if we're just going to straight up get ECAC refs. I would imagine it's not going to be Hockey East. Maybe we get CHA. I don't know. Um, I, I really, really hope it's not Hockey East refs, refs. I'm just tired of periods being taken over by the whistles. And our play, it really, it really does affect our players and how we play the game because we have so many strong players that they're afraid to use their strength and try and win the puck because if another player goes down, it looks like she got muscled off and, and slammed to the ground when it's just, you know, yeah, it happens sometimes. And, yeah, we take penalties, but not to the level that the refs in Hockey East have been calling against us. So I think we just would really benefit from getting another league officials, especially in a league that, as you said, they seem to swallow their whistles more. I think that would really help BC and allow us to get more into a flow. Yeah, that was. I mean, it'll be interesting because Clarkson Clarkson's very physical, and I, you know they like to to you know be rough in the corners and 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 you know body up as as much as possible to to knock you know player off the puck without getting a checking penalty. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know who that would actually favor if. if it would just give BC the ability to play more or if it would allow Clarkson to kind of slow BC down. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking our team would really enjoy a game like that, given that they've, they've had to be walking on eggshells for most of the season in league. So, you know, but then again, we, we played our share of out of conference games this year and we weren't all that amazing in them. We were over two in Duluth. So who knows, but I'm sure that just psychologically, having refs that are not league refs that have seen them all year would probably uh, go a long way toward their, their mental health looking at the game. Yeah, I, yeah, that's – I mean, I'm sure we'll both be unhappy with the officiating regardless. <laughs> see, see, for me, if, if the ref is going to not call a single penalty the entire game and I see Clarkson doing something to BC that is a penalty, I'm not going to say a word because I'm just going to be happy that our players aren't getting called for stuff. So that's going to be that's going to be my my line of thinking. But I guess we'll find out. So, you know, I uh, I am planning on going up to Clarkson for the game. I know you are out in the uh, far west. It's three hours uh, earlier in the day for you. But uh, what um, what should I? I've been to Clarkson a couple times. I have almost died driving through the mountains in the snow coming back. Uh, do you have any recommendations for me or any of the – I mean, I'm not sure that many people are going to be going up because it's so far, but I know there's a lot of parents going. Uh, any recommendations for the trip for any of us? Um, oh, Man, that's a really good question. I, I, uh, I, I've done that drive once, so not all the way, just down to uh, Saratoga Springs. Um, and, yeah, it is – it's just like the windiest – lowest possible drive through just like like wrong turn style wilderness um <laughs> i don't envy you um you're, you're yeah and, it, it actually says wilderness on google maps which yeah, yeah yeah i mean it's been i think 14 years since i made it's 13 years since i made that drive but yeah 
I just remember it being really windy and my, my passengers being not thrilled with how fast I was taking the curves and just there being nothing, like nothing. Just so much I remember being very weirded out by the fact that not only was there no cell phone service, like usually when there's no cell phone service, you've got like some kind of 1X bar, you know, old school analog service somewhere, wherever you are, no matter what. Maybe you got a 3G here and there. I remember going through the mountains and thinking, I don't even have data to, like, reset my navigation if I have to. And then coming back with no cell phone service in the snow in the mountains where I couldn't even see the side of the road to the point where we had to stop, uh, that was a little scary. So it's not, it's not, I know some of the parents told me don't bother, just take the longer way, go up the highway, but I'm already driving six hours. I don't want to be driving an extra half an hour when I don't have to. At least if the weather's fine, I think it should be fine. But yeah, yeah. it's funny to mention that because uh, the the reason I took that trip was uh, me and, and a bunch of college friends went uh, down to Crane Mountain to. Uh, <laughs> this is gonna sound awful, but so my friend uh, my friend had just bought a grappling hook off of eBay, and so we wanted to like go somewhere to use the eBay bought grappling hook, which was Crane Mountain. As one does. <laughs> And New York, and so we get there, and, like, my my one friend had hiked it a bunch of times before, so, like, we felt like we were pretty safe, and then, like, we went off trail, and, like, we're trying to, like, find some rock bases to use this sketchy grappling hook, and I'm like, well, I'm going to, like, go around and see if there's, like, you know, if I can get, like, get to the top, and then we can have, like, you know, somebody up there to, to I don't know what I would have done, but some small increased measure of safety, so I start walking around and then I realize that like I'm lost and I can't hear my friends and like I'm calling out to them and I can't hear them. So I'm all alone on Crane Mountain with no cell service, like in the middle of the Adirondacks. And and I'm like, yeah, so I'm like, all right, like I'm on on a mountain. So if I just keep going up, the amount of area is going to decrease and eventually like I'll be successful in finding someone. So I did that. I just like started going uphill and, like, I found the trail, and I got to the top, and then my friends got up there, too, and apparently one of them had almost, like, fallen off of a cliff face, so I missed that part. Um, but, yeah, like, looking back, I'm like, man, like, they're a bear, and I'm pretty sure mountain lion in those woods, and, like, like all I had on me was my phone and my wallet and keys. And, like, Your phone that wasn't working either. Yeah, my, like, my old Nokia track phone that that – well, yeah, did not get any service anywhere on that mountain. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, yeah, I, but I, I, I would imagine you. But, uh, yeah, uh, stay warm because chill is freezing and also so is Potsdam. And don't sit right under the horn if you don't want that. Which like, That's right. There's a crazy foghorn thing that's very loud or something. I remember yeah. people warning me about this. Yeah, like – you like you told me that, and I hadn't been there in years, so I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, and then my my dad's like, oh, we should sit in like, you know, where I had season tickets because he won season tickets in a raffle. Um, my dad goes to more Clarkson games than any my sister and me who are the actual Clarkson alums. But he was like, yeah, we'll sit in my season ticket seat. So I'm like, all right, whatever. It's like, which was like right next to the student section, right below the horn, and then, you know, they scored against Syracuse as one does, and uh, oh, the, the, the horn went off, and I was like like holy crap <laughs> <laughs> see I, I endorse a fully a full-throated goal horn I'm a, I'm a goal horn kind of guy give me the whole give me the whole emotional experience when my when my team scores a goal 
That's what I want. Yeah, me too. I was like, all right, like that. Yeah, surprising, but I'll, I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> well, all right. Um, let's uh, let's see here. Let's uh, tell me how you feel about the game, and I'll tell you how I feel about the game. We'll make some predictions. We'll wrap things up and and see how it goes. So, what are you what are you what are you feeling? What are you feeling? I am very confident in Clarkson's top line's ability to do what they do best, and Clarkson seems to really turn it up in games that are important. They played their two best games, I think, of the season against Colgate and Cornell. Um, you know, they have a habit of just making Colgate look awful in the ECAC tournament, which is fun, um, even though I like Colgate. <laughs> um so, so on that end, I'm confident. On the other side, like I feel like like Boston College is just too good, and they're going to turn it on at some point. And like I really hope it's not against us. Well, we've turned it on. I feel like we've turned it on for a while. And I mean, I know we lost to Northeastern, and we we played fine. Right. You know, I think we looked a little tired, but we've been on a tear. To me, I feel like we're playing our best hockey of the season. So maybe right. you don't have to worry I mean, about us turning it on immediately since it's already been on. Yeah, I feel like one of those, like, like you know, we're halfway through the second period and BC's got five goals and, like, Watts has a hat trick and, you know, Lonergan has four points or whatever. Like, that's kind of, like... Oh, my God, I would be so here for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then, like, I like I mean, like, you know, uh, I mean, I don't need to remind you about Sobe and, like, their defense just, just played, you know, really spectacularly the last two games. So I'm, like, like confident, but in the middle of the ground, like... You know, it could go really poorly, and then like I'm like, well, we've won three titles, so, like whatever. Let's just go out and play. Uh, that's not how I feel. I do yeah, not have I, that feeling because we do not have any titles. And yeah. not only do we not have any titles, it just feels like it feels like we have to have the perfect team and the perfect roster and the perfect situation to ever win a championship because of how many times we've been there. But you know, I, to be honest with you, it, it worries me that you're confident because I'm actually not. And it's, it's funny because, yeah, BC is playing really well. And I, I I have confidence that we can win. And I keep telling myself, oh, well, you know, Buxton's not that ranked that much higher than us. But I think to myself, okay, we we went up there a few years ago and we were close. So that is what stuck in is we we have this – we I have this memory of going up to Clarkson and driving for 12 hours and not being in a close game in a quarterfinal and leaving and thinking, well, that was never a contest. And I still have residual feelings of that game, even though Clarkson was a heavy favorite, and today it's more of a toss-up. So internally, I think, oh, God, this is going to be bad again. But then I stop and think about it, and I think, honestly, we're good, and Clarkson's not as good as they were that time, and hockey's a weird sport, and things happen. So... I guess my my gut just says we're not going to win, but I think a lot of it is just residual bad memories. So that's that's where I'm at. Was that the 13-14 game? They played yeah, like, it was the only yeah. time we've ever gone up to Clarkson for the tournament was that, and that was Clarkson's first championship. And actually, wasn't that the yeah. year that the Frozen Four was in Hamden again? Uh, I thought it was in Durham. No, Durham Durham was the one that we beat you guys in the semifinal to go to the national championship when we were undefeated. Uh, okay. Because I'm pretty sure it was the year that you won your first national title. Uh, yeah, I might have been. I, that was the first year I started uh, re-following the women. Because, like, 
like I started watching them, uh, I think before they were even an ECAC team when they were still an independent. Like I was there like when they were born basically. And then got away from it for a while and then like kind of checked in and was like, Oh, Hey, they're pretty good this year. Like I guess they'll follow them again. And then like looked at women's hockey stats and I was like, wow, nobody does like hardly any stats. Like I will figure this out. Like, <laughs> and here I am now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I like my memory of that year is not great. And like, I was like, Oh, cool. Like, like BC, like, and then they beat them and then like, Hey, Mercyhurst, like, man, they're not that good. No. <laughs> they blew them out. And then I was like, well, we're not going to beat Minnesota. So this was fun. And then they did. And I was like, Hmm. All right, then. <laughs> Mercy, God, I wish we could play somebody like Mercy here. It sucks that, like, yeah, BC's got to play this really great game to be a two-time defending national champion to get to the Frozen Four, and waiting for us at the Frozen Four is going to be the our best teams in the country. So maybe, right. maybe in a way, they won't be looking ahead to that because they'll be thinking, well, this is, those games are going to be really hard, so let's just win this one and see what happens first. So, or Syracuse. You know, I mean, it could be Syracuse. It could not be Syracuse, actually. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. We can uh, we can just kind of nip that in the butt. That's not going to happen. It's going to be Wisconsin yeah. in the semifinal against whoever wins this game against BC versus Clarkson. Yeah, yeah. I will, it, I will say that with confidence. I mean, if BC makes it through Clarkson, I like their chances against Wisconsin, but I I. I have never felt very positive towards Wisconsin's chances to, you know, win a title, which has you know, been pretty accurate for almost a decade. <laughs> it's weird to think that. Well, yeah, all right, like let's wrap this. They just do the same thing. Like, they just they play their game, and they just have, have no creativity, and they're like, when they play Clarkson in the national title game, they're just like, we'll just play the puck down low, and we'll try and play three on five for the entire game, and like, oh, look, you can't really score that way, so. Okay, well, that that gives me a little confidence if we can get there. Yeah, I mean, I like BC. It just, you know, know, following you, and uh, I mean, they're just, they're entertaining, so. Oh, there are that. I will give you that. That is definitely (laughs) true. (laughs) All right, score predictions. We'll wrap it up. What do you think? Oh, man. Uh, the last time I made any sort of certain prediction was, was about Lauren Gable scoring early on Colgate, and she didn't score at all. So, uh, But I'm also not a superstitious person. So, um, man, that's a tough one. It's, I feel like there's going to be a lot of shots, but it's going to be – I'm going to say – I'm going to say 3-2 Clarkson. Okay. I I feel like I still have that three to one gut feeling from the last time we were there, so I guess that'll be my official. I think my gut just says three to one Clarkson. That's that's where I'm at, and you know I got to get that last game out of my head, but that's where I'm at. And and realistically, we're probably looking at something like five to three. <laughs> so yeah, I guess we will. Uh, you know I I like Clarkson. I I um, I'm gonna be you know. Hoping the winner of this game wins the next game for sure because I don't like the Western teams. Just there's a little bit of a rivalry thing there, especially since we never seem to be able to beat them. But you know, so yeah, best no, of luck I, to whoever wins this game. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, yeah, any of the honestly, any of the non-Western teams winning, I think I would be fine. Well, not Cornell, but <laughs> I know you don't like Cornell. 
Northeastern I like, but I feel like I would be very bitter if Northeastern somehow won a title before we did after all of this domination we've had and not winning any championships. So Yeah, no, I feel that. I would have felt the same way if St. Lawrence had won. I think the one many years ago that they they lost Oh, I was at that game. I was at that game in Lake Placid. And like three overtimes to Duluth or something like that? No, they they uh B, yeah, BC lost in double overtime to Duluth in that game after beating Dartmouth in double overtime to even get there. That was the crazy year in 07 where uh, yeah. number one, Wisconsin, was the only home team to advance, and they needed four overtimes to do it one to nothing against Harvard. Yeah. That was a wild year. But, yeah, that was the year St. Louis lost to Wisconsin, and that game wasn't close, at least. So I would have been really upset if BU had won a national championship, but fortunately uh, – I think it was Minnesota just completely cleaned their clock in that game, and I never had to worry about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there have been a lot of ACAC teams that have taken a crack at it. Uh, you know, Cornell and Harvard and St. Lawrence, I think, have all made national title games. And also Brown back when, you know, they back were – the day, back when Brown was a powerhouse. Like, what happened? Like, they were, like, they were, like – like the flagship women's hockey program, aren't they like the oldest program in the country? And then just like yeah, something like that. Overnight, just like just tanked and and New Hampshire's the same way. I mean, God, yeah. in, in my day when I walked uphill in the snow both ways to hockey games, we couldn't beat New Hampshire ever. We we beat New Hampshire at New Hampshire for the first time in my entire four years of being a student. My senior year, the last game we went up there in the season. That was the first time we ever won at UNH. And now UNH is just dreadful. What yeah. A, you know, I, what a weird situation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been I've been putting together just a whole bunch of historical data lately, just uh, rivalry data, past brackets, past datings, all that. And, uh, I mean, BC has been a pretty good team for a fairly long amount of time now, and they still don't have a 500 record against New Hampshire, I, I saw. Oh, that's like, rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like three or four or five games under 500 against New Hampshire. I mean, Carson's the same way. Uh, I'm gonna throw a party like, when we when we even that. Yeah, yeah, I'll post that right at right after we're done. I'll go I'll go dig that up because I have that somewhere. <laughs> All right, well, we have careened off track, I think. Yeah. But uh, this has been fun. I'm very glad we did this, and you know, hopefully, at least a couple people listen and are entertained and get a little bit previewed for the game this weekend and. I am very much looking forward to it and very much looking forward to following game along with you on Twitter. And uh, honestly, best of luck to whichever team wins. Hopefully it's BC, so I'm not miserable for six hours driving home. Yeah, I I feel for you on that. I'm like, man, I kind of want BC to win, so, like, you don't drive 12 hours just to watch them lose. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. It's very kind of you, and I hope our team takes you up on that. We we have three titles. Like, go ahead and win one, man. Like, come on. Thank you. You're so kind. Hopefully Clarkson feels that way. Well, yeah, no, thanks a lot for uh, coming on with me and chatting with me, and uh, we'll post this up and see if some people enjoy it and enjoy the game. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks for having me.